How's it going, everyone? Welcome to the third episode of Pundits of Pioneer. I'm one of your hosts, Brandon Pearson, and joining me on the other line is Slater Claudel. Hey, guys. What's up? So just let everyone know that the podcast is available on a number of different platforms. So you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and MTGcast. If you'd like for us to be on a different platform that we don't seem to be on, feel free to reach out to us and let us know. Uh, we have a bunch of different things to talk about. Pioneer is moving incredibly fast, and there's a lot to talk about this week. So we're going to kind of get in, get into it uh, from the beginning, and we're going to talk about the PTQ that happened. So Slater, do you kind of want to bring us in uh, about what happened with the PTQ? Yeah, so we have a couple of PTQs to talk about first. We have the PTQ that me and you played on Saturday, which was not this Pioneer. It was actually standard. So Okay, so does everyone remember last week when I'm just like, oh, yeah, let's let's you know meet in the finals, yeah, whatever. That we actually, didn't meet in the finals. We, we basically did, though. Yeah, it was pretty much the finals because I did get the concession. Yeah, we met in yeah. the semifinals. And uh, how close was our match, Brandon? i i was i had a grip of cards they were creatures and i was swinging right and basically i don't think any action i made in either of our games uh really made a difference in anything (laughs) like it was basically like i i was you know i felt like a little league team going up against the world series team yeah, I definitely had a very favorable matchups in the top eight. Again, paired against Green White Token uh, Venture twice with uh, Just Guy Fires. Uh, definitely lined up very good for me, considering I uh, squeaked into top eight with the, being the only three two that made it. Yeah, squeak into top eight, a seed. Then you just have the easiest top eight of your life. Smooth and sailing I got from there. In the final with the. And, uh, yeah, so I'm going to Phoenix to play in the first Pioneer Players Tour. I'm super excited for that. Well, congratulations, man, even though it's it's a little bittersweet considering I was about basically one match away. But you know what? That, that's just how it breaks out sometimes. That's, that's Are you the gonna nature play this of the weekend? game. Are you going to play this weekend? I was, I was very – I was considering it. I, I'm – you know, after that close miss, I, I'm kind of have a I kind of have a fire under me right now, and I I really am kind of motivated to try to get on the pro tour. So I I might go this weekend. Yeah, I think it would be a good weekend to go, considering a lot of people will be down in Richmond and uh, playing in the GP where I'll be at, uh, along with the Mythic Championship that's happened this weekend. So I'm flying out in less than twelve hours. So, finish up this podcast, and we'll be on our way. So, the second PTQ of the weekend, we had a PTQ for Pioneer. And um, Todd Anderson was streaming it and went all the way to the finals, not losing a match, until he got paired against Blue-Green Nexus. Yeah, and, I mean, if we just look at the deck Todd was playing, Todd was playing the Monogreen Devotion deck. Spoilers, cards got banned out of this. Um, th- this deck was just absolutely insane when yeah, this, featuring, this deck was legal. The, the deck featured a lot of fast starts of Leyline Abundance on turn one and just like multiple mana dorks into huge amounts of mana. And Todd was also playing um, Walking Blisses in the list, right? He was playing four? Yes, he was playing four in the main. Yeah, so that, 
I figured would be a, like an answer to the turbo uh, to the Nexus deck, which had featured fogs and um, reclamation and Nexus itself to take infinite turns and then just kill their opponent with. Uh, they had a one-up copy of Thing in the Ice, and they also had a one-up copy of uh, Lumber and Falls. And uh, as the primary win cons, yeah, yeah, those are the primary win cons. So, and then the sideboard had three more copies of Thing in the Ice, a couple tireless trackers. Uh, I, I ran the I ran that PTQ winning deck back on um, the challenge on Sunday, and that deck did explosive things. Like Dixu Time is a busted magic card with um, Reclamation. Busted Time is a great magic card. Yes, sir. I I cast Dixu Time three times in a turn, and then a Nexus. Like, <laughs> so I I I got six cards in my hand, um, and then I I obviously didn't lose from there, and my opponent conceded. Um, I started off 2-0, then lost 2, and went back and forth, and I dropped at 4-4, like, ran into some um, challenging issues. I lost to Mono Black um, Vampire Devotion, uh, and when I looked at the challenge list afterwards, that that deck went 8-0, so I'm, I was super impressed by the Mono Black Devotion deck. Yeah, I think... One of the things about the going back to the uh, Todd Anderson's deck, one thing that I thought about this mono green deck that was just you know kind of put it above the the bar above every other deck was just the different avenues it played on. So not only do you have the explosive starts of Leyline of, Abund- of Abundance into you know a, a, a Land War Elf to you know early Nixos. But you also have great ways to actually grind out a game, whether that's Oath of Nissa, Nissa Who Shakes the World, Vivian, um, Corsair Crufix. And then you, you have, you know, Corsair Crufix is kind of this anti-aggro card. You also have anti-aggro cards such as uh, Nylea's Disciple on the sideboard, which, I mean, <laughs> if you've ever played a game with a red deck against Nylea's Disciple, it's pretty much, like, Nylea's Disciple is the closest thing to Splinter Twin, the, the, this like, in that matchup. So, much, oops, I won. Yeah, and and then you can just get kills out of nowhere with Walking Ballista, Voracious Hydra. It it's kind of insane. Yeah, I was um, very impressed by how good Voracious Hydra was for Todd um, in the PTQ. Like, of course, at that time we were playing like a lot of people were playing like Mandorks and like um, like either playing like the four color uh, cat deck or playing the mirror match. Uh, take them off their faster starts. Um, I also saw like. Yeah, it just killed Cat straight up if they couldn't go off with it on the turn. Um, I saw that in the top eight, I think. Uh, he he beat um, Evan Whitehouse twice in the tournament on Kethis combo. Yeah. Which seemed actually, like two ships passed in the night, pretty much, for the most part. Yeah, but I mean, if your ship's faster and, you know, a little bit more consistent. <laughs> right? Uh, and I definitely think uh, there was some awkward, maybe Evan was like maybe one like Mox Amber or something like that off from like going off and comboing out. So like it might have just been like a combination of just like off by one card and that did it. Yeah, sometimes that's how those things play out. One thing about Todd Anderson's deck I particularly like is I actually really like the look of the sideboard. He seems to have a lot of different avenues covered. I especially like the three copies of Sheeper Sanctuary in the sideboard. Oh my! I saw him playing against um, Blue Red Phoenix with, and that card did so much work. 
Oh yeah, oh yeah. I I I played it against like so. I I played a paper tournament of Pioneer this week, and I played with uh, blue green uh, hardened scales instead of black green because it was kind of a brew that a friend was trying. And even in blue green hardened scales, I played. What was I the had, blue for? Oh, the blue was. Let me try to remember. Mm. Was he playing Oko? Yes, yes. The blue was for Oko. It was also for a surprise card. <laughs> yeah. So I, I honestly think, and this honestly seemed Stubborn really bad. Stubborn and I was on that format. Is it? Stubborn, Stubborn oh, no, and I, it is. It is. Yeah. Stubborn and I was in the sideboard. Yep. I think it also just like the blue was also mystical for dispute. sideboard cards. Yep, mystical dispute as well. So I think it actually was just for Oko and sideboard, sideboard cards. cards. Yeah. But I had double Shaper Sanctuary out against Blue Red Phoenix, and I missed half my triggers, and I still just, like, <laughs> I still was raking it in with how much cards I was drawing. Yeah, it's absurd how many cards you you can draw with that deck when it's going off like that. Yeah. Uh, I also really like the... So, one card that is in his sideboard that I'm not sure if other decks can play, uh, but I actually really love Hornet Queen. Hornet Queen, when it was legal and standard, pretty much dominated any creature matchup that it was in. And I think the same is going to be true for Pioneer. If we're going to see a bunch of creature, you know, mid-range decks find up against each other, we could end up seeing Hornet Queen as, you know, a cyborg bomb against those matchups. Um, yeah, I think Hornet Queen was, like, absurd in the, like, whip decks. Uh, when oh, was, yeah. Like, I, remember I, I, I remember in those decks, like, more than anything. Like, it was okay in the Mono Green Devotion deck, like, but it wasn't. I don't know, like. It seems like it's a little bit worse in this format, or at least we'll see how the format shakes out. Because, like, as you said, if it goes more creature style, I could see it. But like, there's so many ways to just get like blown out by some kind of like power plasma type effect. I mean, I've been playing Monroe Devotion, so Goblin Chain World does quite a good job against it. <laughs> yeah. So but, I. Yeah. I, I, I should... I could see that being a very good uh, cyborg card, uh, but... So I, I should ask you, because, you know, it, it's kind of impossible to not talk about this, but, um, so, Monday, as Wizards have announced, every week there is going to be a, uh, update, or maybe not update, but there's going to be a banner restricted list announcement for Pioneer until the format settles down. I'm not really sure when they're going to stop yeah, doing that. Yeah, I think that. they said they hope to have it on schedule with the normal banner restricted announcement starting in 2020. But until okay. then, we're going to have one every Monday. So we had our first one on Monday. And yep. whack. We had two cards from Mono Green Devotion League. Yep, and I, I think the reason why we kind of wanted to spend a little bit of time talking about Mono Green Devotion right there was because I think you and I both agree that deck is still going to exist. It's still going to be a thing, so it's not like we can just forget about it. Yeah, we'll see if it's a case of Ban and Bridge from Below instead of Hogak. Um, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah, because um, I think Nykthos is just a card that's not long for this world in this format. But... So the two cards that were banned from the deck are Oath of Nyssa, uh, which just is a green pre uh, ponder. It lets you find either land drop to Nyssa and Nykthos. It lets you find creatures. Um, it's pretty great. Uh, it lets you find Planeswalkers. Um, the only thing, it doesn't let you find artifact or enchantments, right? Um, yeah, or, or instant sorcery. It's just yeah. creature, land, and Creature, land, Planeswalker. Right? Yeah, yeah, so like, it's... It's, 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 it's pretty much green. green. It's, it, it's green ponder. Um, 
So yeah, that just made the deck consistent. It also made the four color uh, cat decks and the four color like planeswalker decks made it made the three drop planeswalkers very very good. Sahili um, lost her cat again. Like what? what what's up? Sahili yeah. can never keep her cat. That's so sad. Like why does the cat have to be banned? Why why doesn't Sahili get to act this time? Like obviously she's not a great owner to let her cat go get banned all these times. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like clearly the cat deserved a better owner. That that's the only problem in that situation. Um, I was hoping that they they leave the cat free for a lot of different combos and just like good value town type effects. Um, but I agree. I, I think the biggest thing about the cat banning is that it narrowed a lot of people's like vision of where to go in the format. I think it narrowed a lot of like people that are just getting into the format. Like uh, we know that this is a tried and true combo, and like why am I doing anything else in this format when I'm just gonna get comboed out? Um, so yeah, you could have been Sahili, but like the thing is about cat is like it wasn't in a standard that had a clone effect, right? So like. Now that we're in standard uh, in a format that has a clone effect, like you can play cat and then clone the cat, and then you can infinitely blink the two back and forth, and make infinite amounts of into the battlefield triggers. Yeah, I you know I I have some things, some I I, I have a lot of different feelings about that ban. I understand where they're going. You know, having a infinite combo, especially one that can happen turn four, is not always creates the healthy game, the most healthy you know gameplay. Uh, I do, however, think that part of me wishes that they didn't ban it right now, and and we'll, we'll kind of we'll, we'll I'll get into this more later. So um, I, I know a lot of people have talked about like why didn't they just like ban cards that made it. Um, very hard to interact with the combo. Like, why didn't they ban Teferi Time Reveler? Why didn't they ban uh, <laughs> Veil of Summer? I saw, I saw some funny debates about that. Oh, um, you mean, oh, oh, you mean Cryptic Command for <laughs> one, one G? Yeah, Cryptic Command or Pyro. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think Veil of Summer does enough. I think it should destroy a land as well, right? No. Um, yeah, yeah, it should. <laughs> Make Ponza Gradient. Yeah. Um, if we could have Ponza in this format, that'd be great. Um, but yeah. <laughs> No, I think we have demolished. We have the tools. Yeah, I would have wondered like if we had enough tools to be disruptive without like things like Teferi <coughs> and Oath and Nissa to like just make the consistency of the deck so strong. Um, it would have been interesting. I would have I would have gave it a chance. Like especially when we're watching this format so closely and having weekly bannings right now, I would have given another week of PTQs um, to decide if. Um, to decide if Bannon, like, Teferi, or one of the three mana Planeswalkers that make the deck just, like, that much more consistent. Um, yeah, would have been, be- been a better option. Yeah, because, I mean, if you look at the deck, I mean, we've talked about this before, the deck has a combo finish, but it also just has a disgustingly good mid-game. And so, you know, whether that's all your Planeswalkers, all your value creatures... Um, there, there really was no weakness to that deck per se. Um, it was just playing kind of like the best cards legal in the format with a combo kill. And I think the card that actually, in my mind, was the biggest offender of all this was Oath of Nyssa. I think Oath of Nyssa, I mean, I'll put it frankly, I think it's kind of ridiculous that green has the best card selection of any color. It has the best card selection, has the best counter spell, has the best creatures, has the best planeswalker. Uh... Right, it, and it's just like, <laughs> it's just like, why, 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 like, 
modern green is just like old school blue. Like, why are we giving the entire color pie to green? Why are we giving it the best card selection? Like, like in if modern in the modern format, this is pioneer. But if we're talking modern, the best cantrip is serum visions. And you're telling me pioneer green gets literal ponder? Like what? That doesn't make sense to me. And it's a ponder that you can bounce with your Teferi to buy back. Like, what even? It's just ridiculous to me. Yeah, I had an opponent cast uh, in the challenge. I had them cast Teferi and bounce the thing four times in, in one game. Yeah, it just didn't feel <laughs> fun. It didn't feel, yeah. It felt yeah. like I was playing against, like, I don't know, maybe, like, Sensei's Dalai in top. Like, right. Like, Miracles, I guess, maybe. That was kind of feel. It just, like, felt like uh, just being drawn out. And yeah. Just getting, they're just getting an infinite card advantage off of it. Um, so, yeah, we got Cat and we got Oathban. And the third card came from Modern Green Devotion as well. And we talked about it. Leyline of Abundance, uh, which enabled those super ultra fast starts. And now we're just wondering, though, is Leyline the culprit? Like, yeah, it did make some really fast starts in four mana on turn two. Or is Nykthos the culprit? Where I guess we'll find out shortly or soon. Maybe even Monday. I don't know if they're going to touch anything this coming Monday, though. I doubt um, it. It'd be, it'd be a pretty rude awakening for certain decks if people are getting ready for the invitation on this happening in one week, next weekend, um, in Roanoke. So, yeah. I mean, going back to what you were saying, though, with Leyland of Abundance, I personally am not a huge fan of this band at all. I mean, really? obviously... So, yeah, because, like you said... I don't I, know about that. That deck I, is absurd with that card. Oh, no, no, no. I'm not saying it wasn't absurd. I'm just saying they banned the wrong card. I, th- I think they should have just banned Nykthos. I think they should have banned both, but I think I think in due time it will happen. Because, I mean, obviously, this is... I am fine with a card like Leyline because, it, you know, even with the London Mole, you're not going to have it every game. And if you mole to, you know, if you mole to four or something for a hand with an elf and a ley line. I mean, the format already is moving into into a direction where a lot of people are playing, you know, on board removal, creature removal. So, you know, like it seems like every red deck has wild slash. Every black deck is going to have fatal push. So, it I just got seems... blown out by wild slash in the challenge, by the way. Just an aside, when I was playing Fog, uh, and I was playing against Kenji New uh, Newmont red green like through the breach type style deck with like the boar pig. Yep. And they put in uh, a Tarka off of it or whatever. Uh, and I was like, oh, I got this fog. I'm all good. And then they wild slashed me. And I was like, that card has other text? What? <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Yeah, but I so I, I think there's just a lot of ways you can kind of interact with that turn one elf. And so I'm not actually a huge fan of that banning. I kind of wish they just axed, axed uh, the Nykthos just because Nykthos pretty much isn't a land it's more of a ritual spell so all right so moving on from that we're going to talk about some winners and losers of the bands and you know how the meta seems to be shaping up forward so uh slater do you want to kind of start us off with what you perceive to be the first winner of the uh of the format uh, with these bands the first winner of this format is dictated time and more specifically, the first winning deck that played Dictated Time is Blue-Green Nexus. This deck not only won the PTQ on Friday, and they should have seen just from that result how good Dictated Time is. 
and Bandit on Monday. But um, I play the deck in the challenge on Sunday. And as I said earlier, I, like, you just cast Dictated Time, like, casually, like, three times in the turn. Like, you know, take a Nexus and Dictated Time off one and cast Dictated Time again, cast Nexus. Like, the deck is absurd. The deck can go over the top of almost anything in the format. Um, the deck does... You can disrupt it, but, like, you gotta have a lot of, like... You gotta be, like, packing a lot of hate. And, like, also, it plays, like, a lot of main... Uh, the Blue-Green Nexus deck plays a lot of main deck counter spells, Like, um... Supreme Will was really great for me against, like, uh, I played against a green-black, uh, like, a green-black value deck that can, like, like try to, like, interrupt with your thought season. And, like, in the sideboard, you have the best card in the format, Veil of Summer. Yep. Um, that's not a hot take. That's just facts. But, um, <laughs> so, yeah, Blue-Green Nexus, like, it won PQ last weekend. I wouldn't be surprised if it won PQ again this weekend. Unless people adjust and, like, form their sideboard plans accordingly. So the second deck that I think can beat it, and I lost to it in the PT, in the challenge when I was playing Blue Green Nexus, is Mono Black Devotion. Mono Black Devotion went eight zero in the challenge through Swiss. Um, it featured uh, vampires and Soren and Gray Merchant, as well as Nykthos. It had Thoughtseize plus Fatal Push and Removal, um, two of the best one drop black cards in the format. Interact, and I think Mono Black Devotion gets better when people aren't able to just play Teferi in any of their four-color decks because they have access to Oath and Nyssa, um, which gave them card advantage when it, when the games went late. Um, yeah, I, 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 I'm, a, I'm a big fan of the Mono Black list. I think, you know, there's a lot of different kind of uh, ways that this deck fights. Pretty much, I, I am a fan of any deck that has... Four Thoughtsies, four Fatal Push, a Clock, and a Clock. So, you know, with this deck having access to, you know, Scrap Deep Scrounger for a little bit of grinding, Murderous Rider, and, um, Murderous Rider, and you said it played Gary? Yeah, Grey Merchant. It played vampires such as Knight of the Ebon Legion, and... Kalidas. You had Aetherborn in the sideboard for the yeah, so, red matchups. Yeah, so between, between Aetherborn, you know, Kalidus, Murderous Rider, uh, Gary, you have a lot of ways to actually fight these super low-to-the-ground aggressive decks. So I, I like the fact that you can have this clock backed up with a little bit of kind of insurance against these red decks. Because, I mean, you're talking about the Nexus deck, the, the really the way you kind of beat this Nexus deck is just trying to go under it. Um, and, you know, disruption, kind of, and, and that's how we saw in Standard, the way that, you know, the, that Standard deck was kind of ever beaten is you just went under it, or you went you went fast with some disruption. So I, I think that's going to be a really effective way of fighting this Nexus, Nexus deck going forward. And yeah. obviously... You get Nykthos for the Devotion, so if you ever need to draw a bunch of cards with Lock Twain, you ever need to, you know, double spell with four or five drops, you can do so. Yeah. Um, and so I think now that Sahili Cat combo is gone, I think the next combo deck that is broken, and I, and this is aside, I haven't tested with the, Kate, uh, the Kaitis combo deck, um, but... I think Jeskai Ascendancy is a deck that I first looked at in the format to begin with. I think now that Healy Cat's off the table, this is the best combo deck to go to next. 
So what? What? So kind of bring me through your thought process. What? So why I, does? Why does Sahili Cat leaving make Jessica Ascendancy better? Well, I think the removal that people are, were playing for, like if people haven't updated their list, I think the removal is bad. Uh, like spot removal is bad against Jessica Ascendancy deck. But like, my issue, the only way that Jessica Ascendancy I think is going to be not a winner out of this ban is if people start playing more graveyard hate to hate on the blue green nexus list. Yeah, I mean, I could totally see that happening. So I, I'm not, I'm not sure how, you know, whether I agree with you or not. I, I can't say that I disagree with you, but I'm not really sure how I view Jeskai Ascendancy going forward. You know, kind of how we were talking about the the Jeskai Ascendancy decks. They're they're good, but they kind of were a step below. Uh, they've the kind other. of been a floppy fish at this point in the format. Yeah, you know, it, it seems like they're not really beating up on anything particularly it seems like they're just trying to do their own thing and i'm not sure how effective that is long term so the last deck that we have as a winner is blue red phoenix and so this is a deck that i think so when the format initially started a lot of people were talking about uh, Phoenix, and a lot of people laughed at the idea of playing Phoenix because they thought the deck was unplayable, they didn't have Manamorphose, they didn't have, you know, all these other cards. And I'll admit it, I believe on the first episode of the podcast, I was a little bit critical of Phoenix. Um, but after seeing the deck play out, this deck plays much better than it looks. And I'll just say it right here, so everyone can stop this, you know, this argument or this talking Merchant of the Veil is a good magic card. Haggle is a good magic card. You know, it works in the deck. It's what the deck needs, and it fills a role that that deck absolutely uh, is craving for, which is discard outlets and cheap cantrips to enable Phoenix. So I actually think this deck is going to be a winner post-ban, just because I thought a lot of what people were trying to fight with the... um, with the cat deck, also kind of incidentally hated on the Phoenix deck, and I think the Phoenix deck is going to be, uh, you know, once people are kind of doing these mid-rangey ground stuff, Thing in the Ice is just going to flip, kind of get in the red zone, and I think that this deck is going to be faster than a lot of the other decks trying to mope, do their own mopey thing. I honestly think the deck's pretty overrated still. But... I give it a lot of credit, though. Like, it definitely battles on an axis that people aren't really battling on, which is interaction. And the thing is, I think a lot of these decks to try and go over the top, go so over the top of Phoenix that they don't care about that interaction. Like, these these green decks that have been popping up post-ban are still playing cards like Ulamog, which Phoenix really can't handle. Um, and they still play it way ahead of curve. And you really need, like specific starts from phoenix in order to like battle like their quick starts so sure, I'm, I'm, the, the green deck of four i don't think really any deck in the format at that point could you know keep up with greens you know nut draws um obviously if green still nut draws phoenix is probably going to lose but i think in the more average games that you see now we're going to see phoenix win a higher percentage of those games than it did before one of the things that really pushes me towards liking Phoenix a lot is I think the discard package alongside Fire Temper and especially Lightning Axe is one of the main reasons I think 
a long dig, uh, a long thing in the SP playing this deck. Having access to Lightning Axe is so crucially important to fight these mid-range decks, to fight these green decks, the mono-black decks, uh, because having, you know, one mana, five damage uh, kill spell that you can, you know, haggle for or you can discard off charter course, I think is really crucial to the game plan to make sure that the Phoenix deck isn't falling too behind on board. So I can see that, like, that's good interaction with spells that are being played, but I think we kind of grouped three decks in this winner's list that are very, very, I guess, weak to graveyard hate. And it might we might switch them from winners to losers if people pick up the graveyard hate now that um, cat combo isn't the problem. Well, I mean, obviously, it depends. You know, I would say the graveyard hate that exists in the format, the two main ones, or there's three main ones, Scrap Figures, Hage, uh, Tormouth's Crypt, and Rest in Peace. So it's like, obviously, for our winners, Rest in Peace kind of does a decent job against two of them, maybe Mom three. Like Devotion has Leyline of the Void. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah, so I, I don't know. It, ban it'll all be... Leylines from the format. <laughs> it'll, be, it'll, be, it'll be interesting to see how those go in the future. So, what would you say are some of the losers, Slater? Okay, so the first loser on the list is the four-color decks. Four-color Planeswalker decks and rip their cat combo finish. Let's have a moment of silence for <laughs> Felidar Guardian. So, I, I mean, I, it's pretty obvious why you have this in a loser, because losing access to Ponder, losing access to a combo kill, I don't think this deck will probably exist after the ban. What do you think? Uh, not in its current form, but I could I could see it becoming, uh, taking on a new form of like, you think about the blue-green food decks in Standard, and you just add some more Planeswalkers to the list, and just see, play a good four-color value town type game with Planeswalkers. I guess losing openness is still really huge there. So I'm not yeah. sure your mana's going to work out, but like, I guess a lot of these lists would have to go towards teamer, like teamer energy from that standard, with access to now Oko and other things. Yeah, I'm I'm just I'm just trying to look up. I think the one of the also like like you said like the fact that Oath of Nissa is a ponder that also just fixes your entire mana for. For Planeswalkers, it's just absolutely nutty. Like, it, I always forget like how good that card is in my head. So another loser that we have is Mono Green, and you know this is again another obvious one. Mono Green had two cards banned from it. Um, now we have it written down a turn slower. I, I will say this deck, while it definitely is a loser, I'm not going to argue that. I still think this deck is real, and I still think it may cause problems in the future. What do you think? It's already causing problems. I've seen it all week long. Um, You've seen some things. <laughs> the Thousand Yard Stare. Like Kane Reinhardt, I think, is streaming right now with it. And it's still put in little mobs. And, like, it picked up... I think now people are, like, going more towards... I don't know, blue-green with, like... They have, like, Golos in their deck. And access to the green castle and things like that to like ramp out even like 
really big things fast. Um, but I don't think it... I'm still uncertain it can be a deck like Blue-Green Nexus without having Ballista or something like that. Maybe yeah. Ugin. Yeah, I don't know. That That's the thing. It's like the... Those are the type of decks that the Nexus deck preys on is these, you know, mid-range, these mid-range creature decks and, you know, the mono-green decks that's just trying to ramp and it's not really uh, disrupting the Nexus deck other than, you know, Walking Ballista. So we'll see how that shakes out. Another deck that we have under the Losers that I've had some, you know, fun time playing with is Hardened Scales. So the reason why we have it under the Losers is I actually think that the... Uh, Jeskai Cat or, you know, the four-color cat, I actually thought that was a decent matchup for the um, for the Hardened Scales deck. And the reason why is because between the Thoughtseize, Fatal Push, and Walking Ballista, I thought there were pretty... I, I thought there was enough ways to answer the combo. I thought, you know, there was reasonable amount of time. I thought the deck put on a decent enough clock so you could kind of keep pace with those decks. And, you know, so I actually think losing one of its best matchups kind of hurts. Now, obviously, on another, on the other hand, one of its worst matchups, Monogreen, got a little slower. But the thing is, I don't think that matchup changes at all. And I don't think, you know, Monogreen is going to lose all of its players. So I, I still think that one of the worst matchups for the deck still exists. Um... So, you know, I, I, I unfortunately, I, I think Hardened Scales is in a little bit worse place now than what it was, you know, a week ago. Yeah. I, I still think Walking... I still think Walking Ballista alongside Wine Constrictor is still very, very good. You mentioned oh, I, blue, I agree you with mentioned you. blue-green earlier, and I don't think blue-green is definitely... I don't, that's definitely not a show I would do. Maybe, maybe Salt Eye, but... No, uh, I, I, I agree. Maybe, we, I, maybe I mean, I, I, I top a GP and standard with Salt uh, Constrictor, so maybe Hardened Skills with Hadana's Climb, you know, <laughs> if you wanted uh, to go that route. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, I honestly, I agree with you. I think Black Green is where I'd go. You know, Salt Eye, maybe if you want Oko and the good cyborg cards, but uh, you really, there's no reason to be playing, I mean, kind of, why would you play other counter spells when you can play one green cryptic command? Like, come on. <laughs> Like, you really don't need to do it, and I, I, I agree with you. I think Black Green is actually the best shell for that deck. So we're going to start a new segment that I think could be good for us, and that's we're going to, every week, we're going to talk about a deck that we've been playing or that we've seen that's really been catching our eyes. So whether that's the deck that we've been playing the most, the deck that, you know, we saw someone stream with that looked absolutely sick, um, we're going to just kind of try to bring new decks forward and kind of talk about our experience with them so uh, slater what 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 deck have you been you know talking what what deck have you been playing with that you've liked okay so ever since i saw this deck come out of okay first of all i had this idea in my head that and i even posted on my twitter that combo of the day was possibility storm with teferi time reveler but now we just saw out of a Japan tournament this past weekend, Red Green Possibility Storm. And we had, I had talked to some friends about this idea that with this new mechanic adventure in um, Throne of Eldraine, the, when you cast a, like a sorcery side of a adventure creature, Possibility Storm will look through your deck and find the next sorcery in your deck. 
and the only other source in your deck is Enter the Infinite. And with Enter the Infinite, you pick up your entire deck and you put one card back. So you pick up your entire deck and then you put back Borborigamos, um, the good one, not the bad one. Um, I think there's two <laughs> bad ones, actually, I'm not sure. Um, and then you cast a Walking Ballista for zero, which will trigger Possibility of Storm again, which will flip through your one card in your deck and cast Borborigamos, and then you discard all the lands in your hand and kill your opponent. Ooh, so, that's super spicy. Yeah, and like it just, there's a lot of different possibility storms, a lot of different possibilities to this deck that you can play. Um, you can play um, blue Infinite. green. With, you Infinite. can play blue green with instant speed adventures and have the only instant in your deck be next to fate. Um, yeah, you can do a lot of different things. Um, I've seen it, that was probably the spiciest new deck of the week, um, and. It, it has my eye. I have a, I have a heart, but I have a soft spot for that deck. <laughs> um, and then I think the deck to beat going forward from this ban is Mono Black Devotion. Sam Black, I think, is a big fan of this deck, uh, from what I've seen in some Twitter comments. And I think Mono Black Devotion, after Edo in the challenge, I think it has legs. I think it has legs. I think it has sideboard cards that like can definitely interact in a favorable way in this format and i'm very interested to see how well it develops their plan i mean they might be playing lifebane zombie shout out to brian kilbo yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> it might be playing lifebane zombie for the mono green matchup um so we'll see how that goes yeah what are your, what, what, what are your uh, new favorites and hotness oh, so you know I... This is going to be a really boring answer, and maybe next week I'll, I'll try to find something spicier. But the deck I've been playing the most, uh, that I've had a lot of fun with, I've actually been kind of going down the rabbit hole of these uh, kind of green mid-range decks. So I've been playing a lot of Sultai Control, and I've been playing a lot of four-color control. And so the four-color deck uh, is just the, it's just the deck that has things like Jace from's Prodigy, uh, Tyler's Tracker, Colgon's Command. Actually, you know what? Let me let me pull up a list because I had it. Um, but yeah, it's just like a four-color kind of nonsense uh, mid-range deck that pretty much, if you ever play against another mid-range deck, you can't lose. It's very it's it's very hard to lose just because a lot of your entire deck can be two for ones. So you have things like Jason's Prodigy, Scavenging News. Uh, Sylvan Cryotid to kind of fix the mana. You're playing a bunch of Planeswalkers such as Oko, uh, two Chandra Torture Defiance, two Vraska Golgari Queen, which has been amazing for me, four Glorybringer, you have Fatal Push Thoughtseize, uh, Assassin Trophy Abrupt Decay, a Dreadbore, and three Kologons Command. So, and I mean, this this kind of mana base is held together by a mixes of shocks fast lands a single frontier bivouac and four fable passage so i've been really enjoying this deck i think that there's a lot of different things about this deck that going forward i really like if the format slows down it's less combo oriented and it's more about the control slash mid-range matchups this is a deck that i think is going to be just you know the stone nuts just because Oko, Chandra, Vraska, you know, Jace, all these cards, and, you know, Tyler's Tracker, these cards just bring you into the late game so well, and cards like Glorybringer 
uh, kind of just end the game very quickly. Uh, also, you know, Chandra can end the game very quickly as well. So that's kind of one of the decks I've been playing with the most. I've also been contacting a few people uh, online about Sultai. So I got to speak with ORS, uh, Ors, who won the uh, first challenge with Sultai. And I was talking to them. I was talking to them on Twitter about kind of where they thought the format was going in the future. And I actually, I, I think that Sultai is going to be a kind of a staple in the format. I, I think I think at this point, it's pretty well universally agreed upon that this is the jund of the format. It's, you know, going to be the deck that if you're looking for your 50, 55 percenters across the board, then you can just play. And this deck is very customizable. There's a lot of different options you have, both in the sideboard and in the main deck. So if you think that... And, and that's something that I appreciate greatly uh, from a, a deck builder's perspective, because I know if the format is looking very aggressive or it's looking very controlish. I can tune my main deck and sideboard with a bunch of different cards and I can go into a tournament with a plan. Um, sometimes, you know, with these hardened scales decks or the Phoenix decks, you kind of have the card pool that you have available. Like there's not very many cards that you can add that also helps your game plan. So that's what I enjoy of these kind of three and four colored mid range decks. I am interested to see how good the mana base holds up as we progress from the format. Yeah, I mean, the mana base... I, I don't want to say the mana base never failed me, but it didn't fail me as much as you think it would. That's good to hear. I do love me some Sylvan Kyriata, though. Yeah, honestly, I, I will say, Sylvan Kyriata held that, held that deck together. Like, that, that is the glue to that deck. <laughs> Alright, so... Before we exit out, we're going to do a hot take segment. So we know all of you out there love some, you know, piping hot takes. So we're going to give one to two takes each of where we see the format or things about the format. So Slater, why don't you begin? Give me give me your hottest take that you can muster up. Hottest take is Thoughtseize will be in the winning deck list of the PTQ on Friday. Wow, I cannot be colder. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, is, is, if that's all you have, I mean, all right, cool. All right, so Slater, you kind of gave your hot takes earlier, so I'm gonna give, I'm gonna propose a hot take to you. All right, so my hot take for this week is, I think Dig Through Time is a healthy card for this format, and I don't think, I don't think it will be banned for a long time. <laughs> Dig through time was only in four of the top eight, at least. Only week. four of the top eight. It's all right. It's all right. Just, just half field. Um, what's a long time? Is that like till Monday or? <laughs> um, uh, I, I, I wouldn't mind seeing Dig through time be banned before the invitational. Um, I think Dig through time. And you know what? You can you can quote me on this. You can absolutely quote me on this. I think Dig Through Time will last at least six months. Six months. I think it'll be around for six months. And in fact, uh, when is when is the PT? PT is in February. So you February? think I can, you think I you think I'm fine to just go ahead and just key in right now? I'm registering for Dig Through Time or for February. 
I think if an event is going to get Dick Through Time banned, it's going to be the PT. But other than that, I actually don't think Dick Through Time needs to go currently. Alright. I am definitely not sure about that one. <laughs> well, hey, okay, so kind of, I, I guess I'll give Maybe some explanation. Maybe our listeners can uh, chime in what they think the under over on Dick Through Time being six months is. <laughs> okay yeah you know what sure yeah if people want to kind of we'll, we'll talk... put a poll on our twitter 24 yep. hours after we post this video uh, this podcast yep well I'll, I'll make sure to post that that way we can kind of get some fan fan engagement and we can talk about you know does dick time need to be banned i mean kind of the way i view it is i don't think there's so kind of going uh off that i think Dig through time right now because there's no fetch lands and because a lot of the ways to actually enable delve is a little it's not super great right now then i think that you know you're not often getting the turn two turn three dig through time for two mana and personally i think that a you know turn five turn six dig through time uh, for, you know, two mana, if it's off of the Nexus, or if it's off, you know, some other thing, like some mana ramp, then I actually think turn five, turn six, Nexus is, or turn five, turn six, six times, not a big deal. That's just kind of a payoff you want for your blue decks to have. What I mean, about three day two times on turn five? Or turn four? Listen, if you're trying to, you can try to get a band, and then you can you make me Nexus look like a fool. Do you think Nexus of Fate will be banned before day two times? Is that what you're telling me right now? Uh, it wouldn't surprise me, to be honest. Nexus just creates horrible games. It, it does create a horrible type. It's of not fun. It's not fun to play against. Like there have been cards in Magic that have been banned. You know that they they weren't even super strong or they weren't even super powerful. They weren't even like the best decks, but they've just been banned just because the play patterns were so horrible. So I mean, it, it wouldn't surprise me, to be honest. Would not surprise me either. After playing with it on Sunday in the challenge, would not surprise me whatsoever. Yeah. All right, so I think that's going to do for this week. Slater, do you want to tell people where they can find us on social media? Yeah, so make sure to follow us over at PunditsCast on Twitter. And you can follow each of us at either BloodBraid underscore Elf or at Woot, W-H-O-O-T, 1234. You can also find us on Spotify, iTunes, and SoundCloud, MTG and MTG Cast as well. And next week, we're going to be gearing up for the Invitational. We're going to have another PTQ results to talk about, and we might have another episode of Oops, That Got Whacked. <laughs> yeah, just, just, just as a kind of PSA to everyone, we might, be moving to multi- we might be moving to multiple episodes a week just for the time being, just because it, it feels like... So we're recording this episode on a Wednesday. The bans happened two days ago, but it still feels like we're recording this years after it happened. Like, to keep up with the pace of the format, we might have to do an episode Monday night and then maybe another episode on Wednesday, Thursday. Yeah, I definitely think having a uh, first glance, first take on the Bannons fresh take on Monday, followed by what we got from results from playing a few days from the format and how it's shaken out would be nice. So look forward to that in the future from us. And for now, until next week, 
see you then bye everyone <laughs>